why can't we do it some kind of a tiered system or um, incentivize safety? You know, someone that has a proven record should be able to make their own decision. That was the voice of Lisa Smith, Wisconsin, whose business partner and husband, Lee Schmidt, as regular readers may well know, has requested an exemption from parts of the hours of service for himself. It's the first such exemption request from an individual owner I've seen hit the Federal Register and go up for comment in quite some time. Testament to the methodical nature of the Smith's pursuit of the exemption, well likely. It's not like it's particularly difficult, though, to break through the dam, as it were, of the federal regulatory system. A little more from Lisa on that front. We researched this for years. We looked up why other exemptions had been denied. We sat in the truck on a January evening and went through 381 step by step by step. We spelled out what we wanted. We said why. We said how we will be safe. And then we summarized it again as to how and why and safety all we did on two pages it was all it took it's not like it took 14 written pages to write an exemption we don't have an organization that wrote it we wrote it i'm todd dills as usual your host for this week's edition of the overdrive radio podcast dropping june 17th 2022 in the wake of the federal register notice putting the exemption request up for comment nearly 600 comments have been filed thus far but there's been some confusion among some in the audience I know about just what Lee Schmidt is asking for here. In a word, flexibility. To use a daily 11 hours worth of driving however he sees fit. He asks for exemption from the requirement to take a 10 hour break, from the 14 hour daily duty maximum, from the cumulative 60 and 7 days and or 70 and 8 days duty limitations, but crucially not from the 11 hour maximum daily drive time limits. A fact lost on some readers who didn't fully engage with the hours of service exemption request summary, as Lee noted. Yeah. But, the, but the summary doesn't say that I'm not going over the 11 hours. So when people right, see right. the summary that they put out, everybody's making this, oh my God, this driver's going to drive car blind. It wasn't lost on all commenters, though. In what appears to have been among the first of the comments filed to the exemption request docket, when James Burns put it this way, quote, Allowing drivers the flexibility to sleep when they're tired and drive when they're arrested is much safer than forcing them to stay off duty for 10 hours than potentially drive when they are tired. This should be an option for all drivers." End quote. And that, with caveats of experience and proven safety, is part of what the Schmitz are hoping for when it comes to the ultimate fate of what they're requesting. We're going to hear more from them, but before we do, I want to pause here to air recollections of and tribute to owner-operator Troy Huddleston, well-known around the business and the truck show circuit particularly, with several owners, my colleague and Overdrive News Editor Matt Cole caught up with the Shell Rotella Super Rigs event this past weekend. From the drop-deck trailer of Chuet Novosad at the show, I'll pay tribute to the man whom I know all will miss tremendously. Huddleston passed away unexpectedly June 7th, way too soon. He was just 54. My condolences to his family in Illinois. I'd like to say a little something about my good friend, Mr. Troy. My name is Bubba Branch out of Lakeland, Florida. My company is Atlas Heavy Hall. 
if I had a word to describe Mr. Troy, it would be uh, encouraging. Uh, he was very encouraging all the time for me. That's one of the reasons why we're here today. Um, he talked to me about showing this truck, and it was, I'd always doubt myself, and he'd always hear me, and he always correct me about that and tell me to stop doing that. And he'd tell you why you shouldn't do it. And uh, I, I just have to say, uh, you know, we, the first time I met him, we were in Wildwood, Florida at the truck show there. I was parked next to him, not in his class. I could never have, have attained that uh, that high, but he was uh, he was there and uh, he spent hours talking to me and uh, and it, like he had known me forever. And that was where our friendship began there. And we exchanged numbers and all the way from from buying English Bulldogs to trucking. That's that's what we talked about. And uh, um, uh, but the things I can tell you about him was when we would talk about family and he would bring up Miss Huddleston and his girls and his family period. He would just light up. I mean, he was a he's a wonderful man and a great father and he thought the world of his, of, of his family and his friends and this is part of his family too all of us and, and we knew that he made that very clear to us and we never we never second guessed that it didn't matter what time of day or not it was if you needed him you could always call him and uh oh man uh yeah i mean uh, that's just we, we love him we're gonna miss him and uh he'll 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 and he is he is our legend he'll always live forever my name is robert hallahan with hallahan transport out of lacrosse wisconsin I've known Troy for about 15 years, uh, known him from shows, and he was an inspiration to me. Uh, the last few years, I, I got to be really close, you know, like uh, I seen him almost every weekend, you know. I, I did a lot of shows, and he taught me so much, and he was always willing to open up. If you had a question, you know, he, he was always willing to help everybody, and I mean, he's a true legend. He, he, he could never replace the man. He's, he's awesome. I'm Donnie Emmons, Emmons and Sons Trucking, but I met Troy back in 91 for Cowden. We hauled ammonia together for about a year. And after that, me, me and Troy, we would talk on the phone, give me pointers about old freight liners. I mean, he's, he's a good dude. He really was. And I got the call, I guess it's Tuesday, as a white trash customer from Bill McKinney. And I, I, I just, I didn't know what to say. I mean, it was just, he just shocked. And Bill, Bill, same way. I mean, he just, what did you say? He's, he's, a good, he's a good fella. In my truck, I mean, I never felt it was good enough for shows and stuff, which I mean, I ain't really ever won nothing, but Troy just said, hey, it ain't your time. I mean, everything come back to old school stuff. He said, you'll get it. Just hang in there. Keep going. But no, he's, he's a good guy. I'm Randy Petrich with uh, Randy Petrich Trucking. I met Troy in Louisville one year. Uh, me and him competed together, and he just got through with his red freight on there, and I got took my Pete down there and you know I beat him in a couple classes then he come back out me and him was talking he's looking at my old truck and I told old Troy he said uh, I'm gonna come over and look at your truck so he come over and looked at his I want to look at mine and I went over and looked at Troy's so we went back to my truck I told Troy I said Troy you know what beat you don't you I said you know look at the front of my truck then look at the front of yours he said what are you talking about I said mine's a Peterbilt and yours is a Freightliner Oh, he turned this as red as his truck did and walked off. And about three hours later, he come back and he hugged me. He said, man, ain't nothing against you. But he said, but I love my Freightliners. But, but yeah, I love old Troy to death. Me and him, we, we talk when he called all the time. And I was building a 359. I was telling him stuff I was doing. He had to turn the sleeper around backwards. He said, oh, it never worked. And it worked. I sent him pictures. And he said, boy, you could have saved me a lot of work on them suicide doors. So, yeah, Troy, we love you, man. Wish you was here with us right now, and we're we gonna miss you. We definitely miss you right now.
I'm Terry Aislinger with Easy Living Express out of Mark 1, Missouri. First time I met Troy was about eight years ago. We had got invited to a show up in Peoria, Illinois at the Midwest Truckers Association. Um, it was the first time we had ever really done a show and didn't really know a lot. And uh, took our kids up there. And anytime you're wrestling around a bunch of little kids around high dollar trucks, a lot of people's really anal. They don't want them looking at stuff, touching stuff. And Troy had his red freight liner up there and had the doors chained on. It was the first time I'd ever seen anybody do that and all. And one of my little ones kept looking up there and, and he said, tell her, go on up there and get, you know, she can sit in there and get her picture taken. And I was like, no, no, sir. They don't have to do that. And he, oh yeah. He said, you, you let her do that. He knew that the kids was the future of our industry. And, and, uh, from, from the first time we met him up there, he, every time we sent him at a show after that, he treated my kids and myself like we were family, um, with my truck that I, I just am bringing down here for the first time since getting it redone. A lot of his influences went in on it. I, I uh, put an old style sleeper on it and I really wanted a set of uh, star windows to match my uh, theme. And uh, those was real popular on the old vans, but you can't buy that stuff anymore. And I told him about my ideals on it. And he's like, man, he goes, I'm still a member of a lot of them van groups because he always liked to build custom vans. And he made a post and helped me find four of them van windows that, that uh, got it to what I wanted it. And he'll definitely be missed. He was a, a big influence, great family guy, and, and a great example to us all to, what to be out here. And, and uh, when we say we do these shows because after doing them, you meet people like sitting on this trailer uh, that uh, and, and like Troy, that, that becomes more like family than friends and, and are a hell of a lot closer to you than what your actual blood family is in a lot of ways. And, and uh, it's just a big influence to, to keep your focus looking up, uh, keep you encouraged, and uh, keep you loving what you do. I'm T.W. McDermott. met Troy, I guess about the time Facebook got popular, was friends with him there and grew into family. If you could, you know, you say, if you had one word to describe, describe Troy, I'd say Elmer's. So he was kind of the glue, kind of held all together, you know, whether that's friendships or lack of friendships or how to put your truck together to make it look cool or how to keep your wife from wanting to kill you or whatever. We've had a lot of good conversations and he's going to be missed in this industry, but yeah, hey, uh, there's one of us, you know, he's been everything from a Chrome guidance guy to a marriage counselor to, you know, hell, a referee probably at a couple of these events. That's a, but you can look around, you'll see people that don't like Freightliners, don't like Kenworth, don't like Peterbilt, or like, you know, this, that, or the other, but you can look long and hard, you ain't gonna find nobody that didn't like Troy. And whether they were Roadworks fans or not, they were Troy fans. The, the industry's gonna miss them. He's like a brother to me. I'm damn sure gonna miss it. That's a Monday's gonna be hard. I hope this is the longest weekend we have. I, I'm not looking forward to Monday. It's a, it's gonna be a rough one. I mean, it's gonna be a rough one for everybody. But his kids have now got, hell, it's a bunch of dads here on anything they'll ever need. A beautiful family, and we've created a beautiful family in this game, and I enjoy every minute of it. And you know, like I said, we're gonna miss him. He was a great dad. You know, this is, this is baseball. He's been our baby Ruth. We're going to love him and miss him forever. Here you go, brother. Damn, how do I follow up that one? <laughs> right, I'm, I'm Caleb Hamlet, Hamlet Excavation. Uh, first time I met Troy was back whenever I, uh, I think it was, I can't remember what year it was, but uh, it was the first year I actually got to take a truck to four states and it ended up making the calendar. 
and uh, me and him, we, we had to go at the same time to go get shot for the calendar and we had a good old time and had fun and shot the crap and just just had a good time. He, he, he didn't treat us like a stranger or an outcast. I mean, we was new to it and he just welcomed us with open arms and everything. Well, fast forward till, to March, I got, I got talked into going to Louisville and I took my truck up there and everything. And I was underneath the truck touching up some paint on the T-bar and he walked up there and said, hey, what are you doing? And I was like, that voice sounds familiar. And I, I crawled up underneath and I looked up and it was Troy just sitting down there grinning, looking at me. He's like, well, you need to do it. And he started showing me what I needed to do because I've never competed in a truck show like that and everything. And he spent a good three or four hours just showing me what I needed to do to help me. And I mean, I never would have figured from that photo shoot that man would have remembered who I was being a nobody and everything else. But one thing about Troy, he, he never met a stranger and he was always willing to share his knowledge with him, with anybody at that. I mean, he, and he always had a smile on his face and he was just one heck of a good guy. And I mean, the short time that I known him, he, he became one of my really good friends. He was one of the very first people that really welcomed me into the show, show deal. And, he won't be forgotten. I always considered him a really good friend, and he's definitely will be missed. My name is Dean DeSantis, and I am the uh, the career gambler um, owner truck. And uh, just saying a couple things here about uh, Troy. You know, I kind of knew Troy more from a business standpoint. Um, the parent company that I once was employed with had a subsidiary in Indianapolis where Troy provided services um, for that entity and you know I just tell you from a business standpoint you know he was an, an upfront honest straight guy that was on time um, you know always did everything that he said he was going to do uh, I never heard a complaint uh, the people that were shipping the products and obviously counting on him to show up and the trucks uh, to show up and be timely um, he always did everything that he said he was going to do just really a stand-up guy and here recently at a show also in Missouri uh, a few months ago, a couple months ago, uh, I actually got to meet him for the first time. So uh, the irony there being that, you know, we did business, but we really never had a personal relationship. Um, and I got to meet him, you know, he was representing Roadworks. We had some questions and things that we had for Roadworks and he was, uh, you know, there to respond. And we got to know his family that weekend, which was kind of great. Um, I mean, I'd like to remember all those positive things. It's kind of a tra you know, travesty to understand what we're dealing with this week. It's going to be a terrible thing. Um, you know, just way too young. I mean, when people start passing away at that age, it's, uh, it's just never a good thing. So, I mean, I I'd like to, you know, just say to the family that our heart is with them and hopefully you know, you can find uh, some closure to this. It's just a terrible situation, but what a stand-up guy. And, uh, and he always represented himself very well. Hi, Teresa DeSantis, The Witches Inn. I knew Troy from a couple orders I've done with my bumpers and everything, and everything turned out perfect. They all knew me, he was willing to help, and I, I met him a couple months ago with my husband at a truck show, and just very nice, um, told me about his stacks and new, new products and just sad to hear he passed.
Pastor Wes and Cindy with Prayer Belt. Uh, I would put it in words. The, the trucking world has suffered a huge loss. Uh, I got no choice through dealing with roadworks, getting all my stainless chrome through them. Uh, always a pleasure to deal with them. One, one heck of a guy. It was truly an honor to call him our friend. Again, condolences to the family. There's a video version of those recollections that you can find at overdriveonline.com. Now, Lisa and Lee Schmidt. When we talked early this week, it had been quite a while since I had heard from them. How are they doing? Good. How about well, yourself? Busy, bored, you know. Changes <laughs> day by day. In the trucking business? So we're home on a sabbatical right now. Um, we're technically not leased to any carrier. Oh, okay, okay. And um, yeah, we're going to see what happens with this exemption, really, before we make our decision. We could sell the truck tomorrow. We could go back to work tomorrow. It's it's totally up in the air right now. Okay. Um, yeah. You guys, you guys were leased though when you sent that when you sent that exemption request in. That would have been several months ago, right? Yeah, we were leased to D&E out of Minnesota. What led up to the decision to, to, to do this? Give me the story and, you know, kind of, we're in a world where there is, there are exemptions um, being used in pretty widespread ways, as you noted in your uh, request. Schmidt's exemption request noted the existence of the COVID-19 pandemic emergency declarations waiver of parts of the hours of service. Likewise, mentioning the reality that Lee had used that at various times over the last couple of years has been in place for a variety of commodities and used it safely, among other variations on the hours of service. But that waiver is of maximum drive time limits in the hours of service. Schmidt, as noted, is not asking for any more than 11 hours of driving per day, though he is asking for an exemption from the cumulative duty limitations, the 60 hours in seven days or 70 hours in eight days limits the story of how he came to this stretches back to around the time I first met the Smiths, when they were in the interesting position of protesting the mandate for ELDs while hauling in a truck festooned with advertising for a then upstart ELD provider, the 120 company. That's another story though. And you can read and hear that one in the archives from recent years at overdriveonline.com. Search the Smiths' names there to find it. Here's Lee taking us back to Washington, DC. Around the time of the ELD mandate coming into play in late 2017, early 2018. Back when we first went to D.C. about the ELDs, right. I was hollering to everybody back then. You know, I could care less if I had 10 hours to drive. Let me do it how I want. Right. I, I looked at Joe and Bill and whoever else was there. I said, I would almost bet if you walked down there to everybody that's parked on Constitution Avenue, if you said, all right, guys, we're going to keep the ELD. But I'll tell you what, you're only going to be allowed to run 10 hours in a 24-hour period, but you can do it how you want. What do you think? I looked at him and I said, I'll bet you almost 99% of us would say yes and leave. Right. I said, the biggest problem is the 14-hour clock. I said, if you get rid of that, I don't care what we have to drive. That would eliminate a lot of issues with a lot of things. I said, drivers would not stop, uh, wouldn't have to be fighting over a split sleeper. And they would stop when they wanted to because you don't have a clock sitting in your face. Right. I said, there's a lot of benefits to it. 
oh, that'll never fly. That will never fly. And I've been, we've been talking about this for years, that there's got to be a way to get this in. We've got to figure out how to word it and do everything right so that we can get to the federal register. And as you know, on the FMCSA website, it has every exemption listed and whether it was approved or denied and if it was denied, why it was denied. 90% of those don't meet all the criteria that is listed in the green book under 381.310 that tells you exactly how to file for an exemption. Lisa's right. That's Title 49, Code of Federal Regulations, 381.310. Easily accessible online as well, and generally fairly clear on what's required to qualify for an exemption. The biggest one is how do you address the safety if this is granted? Right. And we address that. Um, I'm kind of leery that we don't have enough data in our, in our request, so I will be including more data in my comments. When you uh, a question real quick though, Lisa, when you mentioned more data, it seems like uh, if you can show uh, Lee's safe safe driving history, um, that's that's a good data point to be in there. I don't know if if um, well, you put a, put in a copy it. of the MVR or something like that. Yes, I yeah. was I was going to include it, but I figured FMCSA could pull it up in yeah. one computer click. Yeah. You know, so yeah. I didn't. I thought, well, God, these guys are smart enough to do that. Well. I am going to include it. We've talked yeah. about that. Um, yeah. Just in case they're not smart enough to pull it up, if you know what I mean. Right. Um, well, I mean, you know, I, he's ran the, under every exemption. We've right. ran under the COVID. We've ran under disaster relief. Um, ran egg, which was 24-7. We've ran oil field. We've ran that one a lot. We run the oversize where you're exempt from the 30. Right. So... He hasn't had any accidents under all of them. Why would he have an accident if he was granted this? I guess one one of the things that I, I think about, like why would why would they no, not grant this exemption, um, is that maybe they don't want this to set some kind of a precedent, right? But they can't but, deny it on that. But it sounds like to me that you guys are hoping that that it will. Okay? I'm hoping it goes through, you know, and, and that is my biggest thing. I just want people to read it. I keep telling them I'm not going over the 11 hours in a 24-hour period. I said, legally, I'm asking for less than I legally could do. I said, because even with an ELD right now, any given day, I could drive 13 hours in a 24-hour period. I'm asking for 11 in a 24-hour period. I'm not... And, there's various ways people could say, well, you're just going to skirt this. Um, one comment that was made to me is shippers and receivers are going to take advantage of you. Why? It's not like I walk around with a sign that says, hey, this guy can drive 11 hours any period right. in a 24. And the shippers are taking advantage of us now anyway. So what's the difference? Um, I mean, I guess there is how you how you do that, like... Where, where are the 11? I mean, theoretically, you could string together two 11-hour periods uh, that end at uh, midnight on a particular day. Somebody was saying, well, he can run 22 hours straight. Okay, so I can run 22 hours straight. I'm stopped now for 13 because I can only drive 11 in a 24. You know, so it's not like you're going to be able to do this every day, day after day after day. Right. You know, that, that... And right now... 
good example would be I could just get my license last month. Go drive for a major carrier that hauls a certain commodity that's COVID exempt and drive around the clock. Right. And I have no experience, a month experience, but I'm qualified because of the commodity I haul, because of the government's infinite wisdom that says, oh God, we got to give everybody this exemption, not based on years of experience. This kind of approach to request of an exemption is, is something that, you know, I've talked to many folks about in the past, which is tying tying flexibility uh, in how you use your, your hours uh, in the regulations to proven safety, right? Um, yes. Yeah. And, and so that that's that's sort of the, the, the precedent you guys hope to set, I think, right? And that's what we hope to accomplish with this is if we get it denied, we're going to de- uh, reapply. Reapply. Yeah, we're going yeah. to adjust our exemption request to handle whatever the denial's for. And then if it's approved, there's no reason for others not to get it. Right. And at some point, with data specifically from the COVID you know, exemption yeah. that's been going on for two years. Regular listeners will recall a data collection effort around the COVID waiver by the Trucker Nation group that we reported on. The effort, centered around the FMCSAreporting.com website, seeks to illustrate with data the safety performance of carriers utilizing that waiver to, frankly, more parts of the hours of service than just what the Schmitz are asking for themselves. Why can't we do it some kind of a tiered system or um, incentivize safety? You know, someone that has a proven record should be able to make their own decisions. Clearly, you guys were very diligent in how you uh, approached this and got it, got it through uh, with everything that you needed. That's uh, was it. Was there any kind of um, I don't know any kind of um, trick to that? You know, was it just a matter of, of reading <laughs> what's required um, and following it to the T uh, when it, when you put the when you sent the exemption request in, or was it pretty simple? It is. It is following what the government wants. Yeah. You know, for years, we've we've gone at them with different things in D.C. We've tried this approach. We've tried that approach. It's never worked. The book tells you what they want. Exactly. Answer the questions exactly the way they want. And to clear something up, I'd like to. A lot of people read the summary and see that I'm asking for all these exemptions from the 14, the 10 yeah. consecutive off, the half-hour break. The, the reason I asked for that... Rather than just saying, hey, I want to do 11 and a 24, is because I want to make sure that they know that I understand the regs. Yep. I'm asking not to follow the 14 and not to be on a 10 consecutive off so that I can do the 11 how I want in a 24. The half hour break, I wrote in my exemption request that I haul oversize. I use that all the time. Right. That's nothing big. Um, the 60 and 70, that I just threw that in because the hours of service rules were put in place in 1938. They're antiquated. They're not up to date. They don't match with the equipment that we have today. And it's not 1938, 40, 50, 60 year old equipment. This is 2020 equipment, even 2000 something. These are, this equipment is not like it was back then. The hours need to reflect that. 
if you're not going to change the hours of service to go with the equipment, let us do it how we feel is comfortable for us. So that's why I just asked for them things. And if they don't get rid of the 60, 70, whatever. But it's just something I'm like, you know what? All of this is tied together. If you're only going to go 11 a day, what difference does it make? Why do you have to do a 34 restart? When you're stopped every night, why do we have to sit for 34 at the end of the week? Just because we hit some imaginary clock? An owner-operator who knows his limits and manages rest well, Smith's implying here, ought to be able to effectively manage the very real impacts of what's known as cumulative fatigue, with chronic lack of rest building up over time to increasingly hamper performance down the line. With that in mind, though, I asked Smith's this question. Yeah. I mean, you don't, you don't see this as this approach to hours of service as being appropriate for the entire universe of CDL holders, I wouldn't imagine it. No. no, no, no. But the government obviously does if they give the COVID exemption to anybody that has a COVID exempt load. Like, like Lee said, you could get your CDL yesterday and be out tomorrow driving carte blanche 24-7 if you run a COVID load. We researched Did this for years. We looked up why other exemptions had been denied. We sat in the truck on a January evening and went through 381 step by step by step. We spelled out what we wanted. We said why. We said how we will be safe. And then we summarized it again as to how and why and safety. That's all we did on two pages. It was all it took. It's not like it took 14 written pages to write an exemption. We don't have an organization that wrote it. We wrote it. The right. two of us, I typed it on the computer. We don't have an organization. We don't have a lawyer. We don't have, you know, any kind of a group. It's not like the Riggers Association that wanted the 30-minute break gone. You know, it's not right. like a white is writing this. It's it's just us. We wrote just it. Just you guys, yeah. You can tell um, on, on that. Uh, well, anyway, they, they, they actually got an image of the envelope that you sent it in, which I think has probably come from your house. Yeah. Eh? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, we wrote it in I, January and didn't mail it until March sometime. I don't even know exactly when. It was when I found a stamp in an envelope. But that gave us time. I do believe we had a couple of friends read through it and give us their advice. And right. we changed a few things. And it gave us time to think it over and maybe change anything we needed to before we submitted it. Right. You know, it wasn't a poof. I got up one morning and let's write an exemption today. Okay, cool. We'll submit it at the end of the day. We didn't do that. This was a long time in talking, a long time in planning, a long time in thinking out. If this goes back to, like you said, um, everybody all of a sudden thinking, oh, God, if he got it, I should be allowed it. Okay, maybe, but maybe this, my hopes is this, if I am granted this, maybe the government will get bombarded with more people asking for an exemption. If it's not worded correctly, you're not going to get in. Um, and if they turn around and say, well, you gave it to him. I want the same thing. I'm going to follow the same safety protocols. Well, all right. Maybe you don't have as many years experience as I do. Maybe this will force the FMCSA to look at the hours of service and to address all of these issues. You know, there's been a bunch of us have talked about a tier system, guys with X amount, millions of miles or years with no right. accidents. Maybe 
they should lax it. There, there needs to be some change. And this is just the little crack in the dam that made it through. Now, if people would just sit and think about the exemption before they write a comment and actually see that this could actually better the industry if this one gets through, this might force them to do something on the driver's behalf. That's all I'm hoping for. I just want, I don't want people to sit and be negative about it because you're yeah. just negative because you, you didn't think of it. I'm not doing carte blanche. I'm trying to help myself, but if it helps the whole industry, that's a win. Read the Smith's exemption request and make a comment on the proposal yourself via the docket at regulations.gov. Find a link to it in the show notes for this edition of Overdrive Radio. There's no doubt at the top or via the post that houses this podcast at overdriveonline.com. Side note here, if you are accessing the docket via a mobile phone's browser, it looks like there's a significant limitation to the regulations.gov site when it comes to accessing comments. Schmitz and I noticed this when the now more than 500 comments on the application began appearing earlier this week. Unlike on a laptop or desktop browser, the mobile site doesn't include the ability to navigate beyond the first 25 comments filed. I notified FMCSA of this, along with some questions about when we might see the ultimate response to the request, but the agency did not respond. All that is to say, if you want to read all of the publicly filed comments before filing your own, get to a laptop or desktop. Comments are open, in any case, through July 11th. Overdrive Radio is a production of Overdrive, the voice of the American trucker. It's edited and produced by me, Todd Dills, with the acoustic guitar and other support of trucker songwriter and overdrive contributor Long Haul Paul Marhofer, with percussion in this episode from a Marhofer track by the great Andrew Marshall. The podcast is backed up further by our own news editor Matt Cole, social media coordinator Holly Young, and executive editor Alex Lockie. Until next time, keep it pro out there.